Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. Jazakumullah khairan for joining us for another episode of our weekly live show on Yaqeen Institute platforms. Sincerely yours. I'm your host, Ibrahim Hindi. I'm with my co host, Sheikh Abdullah Aduru. Sheikh Abdullah, how are you? Alhamdulillah. Assalamu alaikum wa barakatuh, everyone. Thank you for joining us. Alhamdulillah. I'm good, man. How are you? Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Everything's well on my end. How's everything with you, family, kids? You guys doing well? Alhamdulillah, everyone's good. Everyone's good. You know, we just had the, it was a nice conference over here. It was a knowledge retreat, ultimately hosted yes. by Qal uh, Miftah. And uh, you saw Qalam Institute and Yaqeen and Maghrib. Mashallah, all these organizations coming together. It was very, very refreshing to see the du'ats come together to remind people about the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it was great. It was great, mashallah. Mashallah. How was the turnout for it? It was good. I mean, one day they had to transfer from the hotel to the Masjid, Masjid Irving, ICI uh, in mm-hmm. Dallas, uh, in, in Irving. Uh, but alhamdulillah, it seemed like it was, mashallah, flawless, alhamdulillah, but just gathering of the du'as, sitting together after and just, you know, laughing. It was beautiful. You know, it, was, it was great, mashallah. Mashallah, that's beautiful. Alhamdulillah. Great. And you know, you know the brothers at Miftah, they're funny. You know, there's Mufti Wahid, you know these guys. <laughs> the brothers, yeah, I gotta get them on here. <laughs> May Allah bless the brothers and their, and their mother and father, mashallah. Ameen, ameen, ya Rabbi. As always, everyone, we're, uh, you know, this is a live show. We want to hear your comments. We want to hear your questions in the chat. Let us know where you're coming at us from. Uh, give us your salam. Let us know what city you're from, what country you're from. Uh, we want to interact with all of you. And during the entire session, you know, put your questions in the chat. We will check them, inshallah, uh, and hopefully maybe che- choose one of your um Message one of your questions or messages to share with our guests, inshallah. We say assalamu alaikum, uh, Sister Aisha from Somaliland. Uh, I see Sister Fatima, she's saying, Looking forward to having you online with I lead with Ottawa, Sheikh Abdullah. I think that's an event you're oh, going to part of. <laughs> I'm excited, alhamdulillah. Sister Aisha, assalamu alaikum from Nigeria. Sister Anita, uh, assalamu alaikum from New York. Mashallah, all over the place. We have followers and people who are joining in, uh, building a community, alhamdulillah, of people coming together to hear from our guests and to you know, hear their story and hear some of their wisdoms and reflections that they have to share, inshallah. Um, so inshallah, as we continue through this session, leave your questions in the chat. We want to hear any questions you might have, any comments you want to make, please put them in the chat. We want to hear from every single person, inshallah. Uh, Sheikh, we have a great guest today. Uh, someone who actually, you know, we have a feedback form. If you look at the description of this video, there's a little link. You can click on that link. And so a lot of people click on that link and they tell me, please invite this person. Please invite that person. And this person's name came up like four or five times. Alhamdulillah. Oh, one of the people constantly requested. Uh, today we have with us uh, Dr. Jinan Yusuf. She has been an author for over a decade and most recently published a book reflecting on the names of Allah. She has been a student of Sheikh Akram Nadwi for many years and currently studies tafsir and hadith at Assalam Institute. Uh, Dr. Janan teaches classes on the names of Allah for Swiss online. She is passionate about helping Muslims connect to Allah through knowing him by his names, and she serves as a senior fellow at Yaqeen Institute. Please join me in welcoming uh, Sister Janan Yusuf. Assalamu alaikum, Dr. Janan. How are you? Alaikum alaykum, barakatuh. I'm well, I'm well. How are you? Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. Uh, I know we... Woke you up for this session. You're up quite late to to join us because of the time difference. We really appreciate you being with us. 
Alhamdulillah, this is, it's, it, there's Barak in this time. So Jazakumullah khair and thank you for having me. Thank you. Alhamdulillah. So like I, like I mentioned to you backstage, I'm going to be at a similar time waking up in the next couple of weeks. And I told Sheikh Abdullah about that. He's like, it's okay, you know. Now you have to wake up for Tahajjud because yeah. you're that time. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. Oh, you told it when we when we got on earlier backstage, you said it was 4.02 a.m. now, right? So it's like 4.09 right now? Yes, exactly. Yeah, 4.10. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> but like you said, it's perfect time for for Tahajjud. So inshallah, after the call, you know, so Jazakumullah khayran for, for giving me that. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. Happy to help. I used to say that to my wife when our when our baby would wake her up at night. And be like, she said, up for the hedgehog. She said, you know, sometimes you need to wake up for the hedgehog. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it always me? <laughs> so, Dr. Jeanette, you know, part of the the point of these sessions is we like to bring on uh, people who are involved in da'wah and people who are. Um, you know, active uh, in the Muslim community to have an opportunity for people to get to know you better. Uh, mm -hmm. And I know, alhamdulillah, you've been producing so many works and written so many articles online, uh, whether on Yaqeen Institute or Muslim Matters or other websites and organizations that are out there. And you've written books, alhamdulillah, that I know a lot of people have read and benefited from. And so this is an opportunity for them to get to know you uh, beyond you know, just what they read in, in these articles and in these papers. We get to know who you are and, and, and maybe, you know, create some kind of suhba from a distance, inshallah. Inshallah. So maybe like we could start with your, you know, your life story and your life journey. When did you make a conscious decision to be a Muslim? When did you decide, you know, this religion is for me and, and this is something that I believe in and that I want to follow this path? Mm -hmm. I love this question because I feel like when I look back on my life, there's like this clear, uh, you know, trajectory. And, you know, you mentioned the book of the names of Allah. Like, I truly feel like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, like Al-Hadi, like the guide, um, you know, throughout my life. And so... Um, I always say there's like different stages to my childhood. I had like, let's say, pre-12 years old and post-12 years old. So, you know, pre-12 pre years old, I was not interested in religion at all. Um, I, um, I knew I believed in Allah, I believed in God, but it wasn't like I was not interested um, in religion. Um, you know, even for example, you know, uh, my, my mom has started wearing hijab, you know, later on. And I remember thinking, again, pre-12 years old, that... I never wanted to wear it. So it was completely different. I was just like, oh my goodness, never want to wear hijab. I'm not interested, you know, in religion. And, you know, you're pre-12 years old. I was, I was quite young. Um, and then, you know, I think, subhanAllah, the, about making a conscious decision, like, I feel like it was two stages. There's like the kind of intellectual stage and then the, the spiritual um, stage. So I remember distinctly at 12 years old, I was in class and we had Islamic studies. And uh, the teacher said to us, Islam is the truth. And I remember, you know, I was a pretty also skeptical child as well. And I was thinking, mm, yeah, but I'm sure, you know, the, the leaders of like all religions, you know, tell their followers that they're the truth. So I remember thinking, you know, okay, but like, how do we know? Like, I'm, you know, I'm surrounded by Muslims. The teacher is telling me that Islam is the truth, not a truth, but it's the truth. Um, and then subhanAllah, how, you know, Allah, Allah is the guide. So I'm, you know, I was 12 years old. Remember, we had gone somewhere for the summer and we didn't have anything to watch on TV. But if you can imagine, you know, CNN. And subhanAllah, just at that moment, a couple of months after I had asked myself that question, um, they, they had, they, there was like this huge feature on CNN about um, 
this website called I think I think it was religion.com um, and that they had you know writers from many different religions talking about different religions I thought oh my goodness this is my chance I can actually hear about different religions uh, from the people who follow them so it's not others you know outsiders um, saying this and again please bear in mind I was you know uh, 20 years old so this is not exactly like PhD research but at that time I uh, you know I, I kind of I, I got on that site and I remember they had this this chart where they compared the beliefs of different religions and you know subhanallah even at that time you know i felt you know the existence of god the existence of allah for me was non-negotiable just intellectually i was thinking it not, it doesn't make sense without it just subhanallah so it's just about religion itself which religion and so there was that stage so when i remember looking at um religion.com and this, the the comparison they had this chart between the different religions and i remember just looking at it just from again an intellectual perspective i was thinking islam just it just it just makes sense in the sense of who who God is, like Allah is one. Um, and that was it. Uh, a lot of the other religions, I remember looking at what they were, you know, saying about who God is, who Allah is, and it was very complicated. And I was thinking, it doesn't make sense for God to be so complicated, because like if he's God for everyone, we're supposed to be able to understand him you know, instinctively, right? It can't be something that I really have to make you, you know, that it's going to be so complicated that you as a lay person can't understand who God is. Um, and so that was kind of the first stage. And then looking at, you know, the Prophet Muhammad um, and his life, and I was thinking, okay, this this makes sense. So this is like 12 and a half. I remember I was convinced, um, you know, um, intellectually, I see one of the comments says Judaism believes God is one as well. So interestingly, when I looked at that, but there wasn't any um, or uh, no proselytizing, I guess, and I found that strange because God wants to be known. Like if God created us, you know, of course, then He should be. You know, God is one for everyone. And I remember, you know, uh, about not sharing so much the religion so that you could be. I was thinking, you know, Islam is like no, they you you want people to believe in Allah, you want people to believe in God, and so that was kind of the the intellectual part and pro- plus the the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Now, intellectually is not enough. Um, to get you to practice, right? You can intellectually, like, you know, you can say, you know, a person can intellectually believe, like, know that smoking is bad for them, right? It doesn't mean that they're not going to smoke. Um, and and so I was convinced at this point, you know, 12 and a half, kind of, you know, uh, years old, that, okay, you know, Islam, and this is, this is the right religion, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Um, but I think, you know, the moment came, it's kind of really like, you know, um, an opening, read Allah's al-Fatah, and Allah opens. And I had this wonderful, wonderful um, Islamic studies teacher, um, a different one. And she said something that, you know, again, at, at maybe 13 years old, um, we weren't used to hearing. And she said something like, talk to Allah. She wasn't, she didn't just say, you know, worship Allah, you have to, um, you know, she said, talk to Allah. You know, and you can, you know, it was, it was a girls' school, so you have, you know, these, like, 12, 13-year-old girls, you know, and you're telling them, you know, when you're in your room, even if you're just, if you're alone, talk to Allah, tell Allah about your day. You know, Allah knows what's in your day, but you know, when you're so excited to talk to somebody, even if you experience the same thing together, you still talk about it, right? Because you just, you know, you you want this person, you feel like talking to this person when it's, when it's a person, so just talk to Allah. And it was very, again, I haven't heard that before, and I was thinking, yeah, I should I should just talk to Allah, um, and uh, and I think this started like the journey to you know trying to to get to know who Allah is, and I'll say you know after that point, and again you know not to sound too dramatic, but I really felt that I fell in love with Allah, 
right? It wasn't just, you know, this kind of like, you have to do it because you're a Muslim, uh, you have to do it because, you know, everybody else is doing it, you have to do it, um, uh, you know, because, you know, Shama, you know, which is a good reason, you want to go to Jannah, you don't want to go to, you don't go to like all of these things, but I really, it was like this one, I really felt that I was like in love with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And, um, and that's when like the conscious decision came that so anytime I heard something, you know, even for example, I still remember this, you know, uh, you know, Salat al-Witr, uh, and the way somebody had explained it to me, I mean, this isn't exactly how the hadith says it, but somebody explained it to me that this is, you know, Allah's uh, favorite prayer. Uh, and I was like, Allah's favorite prayer. Khalas, it's my favorite prayer. So you know, you start to just jump on things that you're just like, I'm like, oh my goodness, if Allah loves us, I love this. Um, and and subhanAllah, and I always say, you know, this goes back to Allah's name, Al-Hadi, because when I look at myself again, pre-12 years old, I was like, I was not a good candidate for Hidayah. Like I was not a good candidate for guidance. I don't I don't think that I was, you know, I did not do anything that would, you know, make me kind of um, uh, qualify, uh, you know, for guidance because I wasn't interested at all. I just, oh my goodness, I could not wait to um, uh, like thinking, oh my goodness, when I get my independence, I'm going to do X, Y, Z, and I'm going to do whatever I want. Uh, and then you think, you know, like, I think for me, like part of the biggest, uh, I guess, proofs uh, or personal proofs for the, for, you know, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Allah and for Islam is literally just guidance. I was just like, I was not a good candidate for guidance, but, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, when, when he guides you, you're just like, wow, this is, this is just from Allah. He's Al-Hadi, he's the guide. Um, and so, so that's probably my, you know, two conscious decisions, the, the intellectual part which you know fine it convinced my mind but i wasn't it didn't make me practice so much but then the spiritual which is just realizing that you can talk to allah and that you know allah is there and that allah listens and that you know again um if i can just say this funny story the way allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you know he knows all of us so intimately and different things you know work for for different people and i remember you know uh i i wasn't i didn't pray um you know very well this i was intellectually convinced yes allah but you know i, I wasn't that great with my prayers and i remember my friends had this sports match and i really wanted them to win and so i came back from school and i decided to pray asr and i was just like i'm gonna pray that my friends win um and my friends did not win uh, they actually lost really bad right and i remember and i, and I remember actually like laughing and i was actually you know, kind of ashamed because I was like, I was like, I get it. That's on me. But like, okay, I'm only going to go to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. I'm only going to pray Asr because I want my friends to win in this match. But other than that, like, I'm just, I'm not going to pray. I know for other people that might be like, oh, but this would make me not want to go to Allah. But it just shows how intimately aware Allah is of us. That for me, that was like, I felt like that was directly to me. That like, really, you're just going to come to pray Asr. The only prayer that you're going to pray in the whole day, just because you you want your friends to win, you know, this match. Um, and so, so subhanAllah, this, is, this shows how Allah knows our own psychology. And, you know, when experiences and things happen in our lives, you're just like, wow, Allah is really the Rabb. Allah is really, you know, the Lord and the nurturer. And he knows how to nurture you in a way that is, that is specific to you, subhanAllah. Mm, subhanAllah. Okay. Sister, you mentioned uh, 12 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were not interested in religion. Mm. What was it that this? What, what was it? To, where, where were you? Where were you at this time geographically? We're on the uh, so we're in the Gulf. So I was in the Middle East. I was in. I was in uh, Dubai. Dubai. Okay. Mm -hmm. Was it possibly because 
I'm trying to think of the factors that made you not interested in religion. Not that saying that every 12 year old is interested in religion at 12, right? <laughs> was, was part of it because, you know, you, you're used to seeing things. It was so, I don't want to use the word redundant, but Islam was everywhere. Therefore, actually voluntarily thinking about God was something that was, dare I say, not normal. You know, I think for me, it was a number um, of issues. I think, you know, there was the, when I saw people uh, become religious, uh, unfortunately, and again, it's, you know, it's it's out of zeal sometimes. And, you know, it's not like it comes from a bad place, but they would automatically, some, not everybody, but a lot of people would become not nice um when they became you know um religious and uh they wouldn't give explanations for the for things and again it's not their fault right but as a 12 year old when someone says you know you can't do this because it's haram and you're just like but why and it's just like it just is how could you ask how dare you ask so it was kind of almost that um and and i think you know also interestingly and funnily enough i actually knew um you know a few uh a few atheists who were nice uh, and, uh, and 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 it was interesting, um, but I think you know again my relationship with with those atheists that I knew again I was like twelve pre twelve years old uh, was like I was like it doesn't make sense like I don't understand and I felt that it came from an emotional place and not a logical place uh, when they would when they would talk about that so my my lack of interest kind of like in in religion was just the fact that when I saw people become religious it just it, it you know it didn't make them nicer uh, people. Um, and, uh, and, you know, it just seemed more fun to, to not be religious, right? So if you went through this, like you could, um, you know, uh, you could just not be restricted basically. And I was thinking, oh my goodness, I don't, you know, I don't want to be restricted. So why would I want to, you know, why would I want to pray or do this or just, you know, you know, restrict myself in so many uh, different ways. But I also have to say, I was very blessed that even in the different stages of my life, whenever we had Islamic studies, the Islamic studies teachers themselves, and I remember like each one by name, even though like I was young, they they were actually extremely kind and extremely gentle and very patient. So you, I had this balance. It wasn't that like everybody who was religious was just, you know, uh, always in a bad mood or just, you know, kind of mean sometimes or, or something like that. Like I did have this balance, but I think it was just, I felt the restriction. And especially as a child, you know, you don't want to be restricted. You want to be able to kind of do what you want and have fun. Um, and so, and it was mostly, I would say, you know, that, that just made me feel like, oh my goodness, I do not want anything to do with this. Subhanallah. I I'm so glad that you mentioned, um, you know, these points about, you mentioned more than once, actually, you mentioned the first teacher that said, you know, Islam is the truth. And the next teacher that said, you know, talk to Allah. And this is how many years ago. So this is a good, a good result and, and, and reminder to parents and also to Islamic school teachers, because we know that Islamic school teachers can get burnt out, you know, sometimes because, you know, it's the demand is so high. And sometimes there, you know, the, the problems, the, I don't want to say the problems, the challenges that their, their blessed students face and the parents are not that cooperative on the other end. You know, mm -hmm. sometimes Islamic school teachers can't get burnt out. But, you know, you mentioning right now, I mean, mashallah, you're an author, you know, you're a da'ya and you, you, you're, you're studying, you know, you're studying Islam and you're teaching as well. For you to just mention those those statements that were mentioned years ago, mm -hmm. it, it gives hope, you know, a lot of because I talk to a lot, a lot of Islamic school teachers as well. And sometimes I don't want to say it's loss of hope, but it's just being burnt out. It's like, look, the parents mm -hmm. are not contributing. They think that the Islamic school it starts there. That is mm -hmm. the essential. It 
supplemental to what happens in the home. So you mentioning that and you being a product of that, it, it really, it really makes me makes me happy, Alhamdulillah, that you you know mentioning the statements of those, you know, that statement that just kind of lit, you know, mm. a, a light bulb and just said, you know, talk to Allah. And that was a, as you mentioned, the spiritual side that mm. just started something else. So Jazakumullah khair for that. No, Ayakum. And actually, you know, I, I always say that I think the teachers who had this impact on me, they don't know. And I, I remember, and, and I keep thinking, I'm like, subhanAllah, like, especially the teacher, her name is, you know, Ms. Faiza, the one who, who said, you know, talk to Allah. Um, like, I actually pray for her, like, until today. And I'm like, she doesn't know, like, I'm like, subhanAllah, like, I'm like, you know, inshallah, ya Rab, you know, whatever, you know, uh, good that Allah has written, I'm like, you know, mizan hasanatan, like you, like you said, like, you don't know the impact. It could be just one word. It could be, you know, your kindness. Uh, and I'm thinking, you know, subhanAllah, like, maybe, you know, you're, you're on the day of judgment and you think I don't have enough good deeds or you know but then you have mountains and it's literally because you said something to someone else and then it's just this cascade of you know inshallah good things uh, happen so like I yeah and I remember actually seeing her once after that at uh, a classmate's wedding and she invited her and I kind of you know tried to tell her I told her you know Miss by the way I just want to let you know like you know I always pray for you and she was so shocked and she just thought oh that's a nice thing but she was she it didn't even cross her mind. She just like, okay, you know, she's she was a student in my class, and you know, and you know, she was she was she was a good student, you know. Um, but I don't think she she knows like really the impact, you know, that that she had. So subhanallah, you, you really never know. Yeah, subhanallah, amazing, amazing, amazing. As 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 that's impactful, you know. It's never 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 uh, belittling the good that you do when you mm. do this work for Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. You never know. I'm also Sheikh Ibrahim. You face it as well that. You know, probably individuals that you met when they're in middle school, they come back to you and they're 30 now. And they're like, I don't know if you remember, if you remember me, firstly, you're like, uh, <laughs> and they'll say, you said something and you don't even remember, man. That's, that's mm. the, you know, that's the beauty of, uh, of doing this work. And especially with you, uh, Dr. Jinan, is now you, you're, you're writing. I mean, you've written. So it's like, manhut, you know, it's, it's, it's in surf now. So. We also want to bless the words that you write and everything that you touch and the work that you're doing because you know it can be it's going to be in your mizan and your skill of good deeds inshallah ta'ala. I mean, inshallah ya rab may Allah accept it and you know overlook Amen. our faults as well. <laughs> so on that note um like would you say that teacher was maybe like had the biggest impact on your life or are there other people that you really credit for for having like a big impact on on your life and and um you know the trajectory that you've taken? Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say in terms of spiritually, like definitely by far, I would say hers was the, the biggest impact because uh, like I said, it just started this whole, you know, new way of, or a different way of having this relationship, you know, uh, with Allah that, you know, like I said, like I was, you know, I was young, I was this teenager, but it was like, it was the most, it became the most important thing to me. Like I can only, like I said, describe it as like, you know, being in love with Allah. And even the way that she had said, you know, talk to Allah, she just made it, it was just very, very very intimate, you know, like that you don't really think, you know, people say make dua, which of course dua is, you know, very intimate and it's important, but I think talking to someone is also very different, right? That you're just like, yeah, Allah, I know that you know what happened in my day, you know, but I just, I just want to say like how I felt when, you know, X happened, right? Because that's what you do, right? When you, when you speak to, you know, somebody who's very close to you, they might've experienced or saw what happened to you, but you'll just say, you know, I feel really down. I, you know, subhanAllah. And so that I would say had the biggest impact on me um, spiritually. Uh, you know, even later, like I feel like I had, you know, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, that Allah put in my path just like a lot of 
you know, amazing teacher, um, really good people. But, and I think the beautiful thing also as well, you know, is when you learn also about the Prophet Sallallahu and then you see in different teachers, you know, characteristics that kind of remind you um, of, uh, of, of the Prophet Sallallahu And so I feel like a lot of people had, you know, an impact on me. Like, I can't even say that it's one because like it's in such different ways that you look at, you know, one person, you know, for example, say, you know, Sheikh Akram Nadwi, for example, um, you know, just, mashallah, just like every time how he brings everything, you know, uh, back to Allah and reminds you, you know, to do that. I remember when I was, you know, very young, I met, you know, uh, you know uh, Imam Sahib Web. Like initially my writings were on, you know, sahibweb.com. This was many, many, many years ago. Um, and I remember one thing, you know, that had an impact on me in terms of Ram Sahib, I was thinking, wow, mashallah, he, he's very accessible to people. So, you know, you know, scholar and super busy. And I think at that time he was still in Egypt at Al-Azhar. Um, and that had an impact on me that this person is so busy, but it reminded me, you know, subhanAllah, um, of the hadith uh, of, a, I, I believe, you can correct me if I'm wrong, Amr Nas, that, you know, he thought from the way the Prophet Sallallahu you know, treated me that I was probably, you know, of the best Sahaba. So he asked the Prophet, you know, who's the best, you know, of the Sahaba or who's most, yeah, I think who's the best of the Sahaba. And he said, you know, Abu Bakr, and he's like, oh, okay, well, well, second after that, he said, Umar. He said, well, okay, after that. And he went, you know, you know, Uthman, Ali, uh, and then, then I stopped there because I thought, oh my goodness, I, I'm just afraid of being the last one, right? But the, the point I feel that, that really gets me about, you know, this, uh, this story is that Amun As felt that he was the most important. Right, uh, with the Prophet and the Prophet made everybody feel that they were important, whether they were the best or not. And I think I've learned that from my teacher that sometimes, follow the best teacher, you know, they they make you feel that they're accessible, make you feel that you're that you're important. And I feel like that also had an impact. That you know, Subhanallah, it's just that again, like with how you make people feel. So that, in terms of yeah, like the impact on my life, I feel like it's a lot of. Um, different people um, at different times and different things that I feel like I try to, to take on. And I feel like also Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when he shows you something that has an impact on you, it's also like, okay, you know, you have to also embody this. It's not just like, wow, this person was good to me. It's kind of like passing that on, that, okay, Allah showed me this, that made me, you know, uh, that impacted me in a certain way. And so therefore I have to take that on and inshallah to impact someone else, you know, hopefully, you know, in the same way. And that's how it kind of, you know, it spreads. Like my teacher, for example, she tells me, talk to Allah. To this day, when people ask me anything, I say, just talk to Allah. Talk to Allah. So I'm thinking, you know, her words are almost like exactly verbatim, you know, being being said to to, to so many people. Um, and so, yeah, so it's just, yeah, definitely, you know, different people at different times. I feel like if, you know, I answer this question fully. We're going to be here, you know, it's 4.30 a.m. for me. We're going to be here maybe at 4.30 p.m. So I, I don't want to keep you all that long. <laughs> SubhanAllah. You know, there's something interesting I've been thinking about. I know it's a little bit off topic, but, you know, Shah Abdullah, when did you, when did you start, when did you convert or when did you start taking religion seriously? Um was there even internet back then? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> now, this was a 19... Well, taking religion seriously was 1996. So, like, what age were you at that point? Say again? What age were you? I was... Oh, man, you really giving it away now. <laughs> no, no, I was, uh, I was 19, 20. 19, okay. Yeah. I started uh, thinking about life. It was really just about life. What is it all about? Yeah. What's interesting is I was looking at some research and it actually showed that um, the time period when people are more likely to convert 
is between the ages of 12 to like 22 or something like that. Um, And so it's very interesting when you talk to people and you find that age 15, age 13, even people are starting to choose their religion, change the religion. People convert at these ages. And we think it's amazing, but it's actually majority of the people convert, convert during those times. Um, And I'm just, I'm thinking like, do we sometimes take it? um, Do you think that sometimes we overlook the youth at that age? And we think like, they don't really understand. They don't know what's going on. But like you just said, you're, you can, look at your life from pre-12 years old and post-12 years old, right? Like, do you think that that age is actually maybe the most important age to start, you know, having these big conversations w- with our kids? Is this for me or Sheikh Abdullah? For you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I do, I actually do think so, because um, even when I look at, um, you know, my friends who are in the same kind of um, age group, um, we all, you know, we all had, you know, different kind of awakenings that like but it was all at that time uh, and i think the foundation to be honest subhanallah actually the foundation that was laid at that time uh you can see basically the strength of that foundation later on like in late 20s um and 30s uh because i you know the people who I know who, um, you know, practice in a sense because, you know, it was family, it was something that they were used to, um, you know, things did get, um, what's the word, like shaky sometimes at like, you know, kind of like late 20s and things like that because the foundation at that age was a different foundation. It was kind of like something that you're used to, something that your family does, something that everybody around you does. So, you know, but then once that gets taken away from you, kind of like, I guess, maybe doubt creeps in or even this thing, you know, like I, you know, I remember, you know, when I went, when I first went to study abroad, um, I, I had this teacher who said, um, he, he said something, he was, it, was, it was very strange, but he's, but he, you know, I was only like 18 and he said, oh, you know, and he asked, these questions that now thinking about, I don't think were, were appropriate, but I'm going to say, he said, you know, what you guys, you've never like drank, you've never, you know, I don't know, like smoked weed or whatever. And I was thinking, no, like, no. And then he's like, oh, just wait, give it a year, give it a year. And absolutely, you know, and, uh, and I subhanAllah, actually I was in this class of, you know, different people of different nationalities and subhanAllah, you know, sometimes Allah makes people speak and they, you know, they literally, all of them jumped. They said, what? No, not her. And I was like, Allah, alhamdulillah. This like, they, they, you know, they said it, right? Um, but the point is that even, you know, going abroad, I was never, um, you know, and again, this is, you know, uh, you know, inshallah, you know, protection from Allah, but I was never interested, right? It, it never interested, it never, I never felt that I was missing out. I never felt that, um, oh, you know, if only, you know, if it wasn't for Islam, I would totally try this. Like it actually made me, you know, seeing the things that I saw, I was just like, I would never, I never want to try these things. Like, why would anybody want to? Uh, but I knew people you know, um, who did feel that like, ah, you know, that, you know, it's embarrassing sometimes when you're sitting with people and you're the only one who's not drinking. I was like, embarrassing. I was to be proud. I was like, what are you talking about? I'm like, so it was just, so it's, it's really, when I look at it, I feel like it goes back to that foundation that like, you know, what is your relationship with Allah based on is it based on everybody's doing it? Um, you know, my family, uh, you know, uh, yeah, nothing that like gives you this like foundation relationship with Allah subhanahu wa taala um, versus you know this 
talk to Allah, you know, like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, you know, Allah for you. And when you're having difficulties, you know, talk to Allah because then inshallah, you know, your strength, your strength come, comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you really, really, it really becomes for you that I'm not even interested. Like, well, why would I want to do this? So I really think that age, uh, like you said, like sometimes we think like, oh, they're just kids. Oh, but like, that's really, really the age. And sometimes I, you know, I have nephews and uh, we used to do this thing that like every week I try to take them out and, you know, that will be something fun, but at the same time also try to talk to them, you know, about the faith, because I'm just like, you know, this is the age where they have to feel that they have a relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so I definitely think this age is so important and we do neglect it. We neglect it. We say, oh, they're just teenagers. They're just this. They're just that. And they might be just quote unquote, right? But at the same time, like you plant something at that age and you know it grows and it, Allah, like it grows and it just really depends what, what you've planted at that age no mashallah that's beautiful you mentioned that because it's just making me think about a number of things firstly um <laughs> the simplicity of the message of talk to allah mm. i mean you, 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 just like you mentioned dua calling but you say talk to allah it's very simple mm. anyone can understand it immediately Mm. When you say that, it's kind of like, okay, establish the intimate relationship by just talking mm. to him. Yeah. And most of the time, you're going to do it alone anyway. You're not going to be at your yeah. friend's house next to him. Yeah, Allah. No, I wasn't talking to you. I was talking. No, it's going to be you know, just you and Allah, most likely, mm -hmm. right? So it's automatically yeah. establishing an intimate relationship with God. Mm. And, and when you said, when you, as you were talking, I remember that's what happened to me, subhanAllah. That's what happened to me. I came home, you know, 4.03 in the morning. <laughs> And uh, mom was not happy. Mom was mm. not happy. Mm. I go to my room. I shut the door as a disobedient son. Mm. And uh, I literally, I literally, wallahi, I dropped to my knees, start crying. I just talked to him. So I just hard. went. I just hard. went. That's what I tell people wow. like Congress. Just, what do I have not memorized the door? I say, just go. Just, just go. go. Mm. Just go. Let it all out. Yeah. You know, now that you're saying that, it reminds me, subhanAllah, alim. Uh, yeah, and just talking to him, and that was the key because that was the first time I literally just went out and just tears just going down my eyes and just mm. just profusely. I remember mm. just feeling the drip after you just going like a stream of tears, and I was just like, "Show me something, show me something, please guide me to the truth, guide me to the truth." Yeah. What I'm doing right now is definitely not right. Subhanallah, you know, Subhanallah. Now you're saying that because of the simplicity of the message, but it's so profound. Mm. And it's the essence of Torheed, the essence mm. of recognizing the manifestation of the oneness of God is just talk to him, you know. Just uh, talk. So, here for that. And then that age of 12, <laughs> and you know, that time is of the of time of you know, Takaluf is coming, the spiritual responsibility. Mm. So you're taking your nephews out and doing that. And for all the uncles and aunties and, and the teachers, you know, especially don't think that they're too young, like you're mentioning, Jazakallah Khair, because um you're you're, you're you're planting seeds for something. Mm. When that time comes, they have that strong anchor, inshallah. Mm -hmm. Inshallah. And actually, just I want to piggyback off what you said about you just told Allah, like, just guide me, just show me. I think that's also something that's so important. Like, all throughout my life, that I'm like, Ya Allah, it's about truth. So every time I was just like, Ya Allah, show me. Just please, yeah. And, and really, I always tell people, I'm like, I, like I, I swear to you that, like, if you just say, Ya Allah, show me. Like I can say, Wallah al really, that sooner or later, like Allah will show you if you're like inshallah, like if you're if you're sincere, don't try to impose kind of like your nest. Like you said, just be vulnerable. Just say, like, Ya Allah, you know, I'm I'm lost. Ya Allah, please, like just guide me, just show me. And Allah's al Hadi, there's no way that you're gonna ask the the, the guide, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and he's not gonna guide you. And so, and I think also like I found that for so many times, like I remember even again, like you know, going abroad and sometimes 
seeing things and I'm like, yeah, Allah, what's the difference between, you know, me as a Muslim and, you know, this person, for example, um, and, uh, you know, like who's not Muslim and who seems to be like so much better than me. And maybe even a lot of the Muslims that I know, like, yeah, Allah, like, what, like, I don't like what like is there something wrong here and then sometimes then like Allah shows you something that you know it's almost like about this holistic way, way of life and again I, I don't want to say something that's like inappropriate but like you know you see things I remember you know there's somebody who you know again like I thought was mashallah this person so amazing they they were you know they're not Muslim but they were really you know defending Muslims against discrimination they seemed extremely principled uh you know all about the environment and I remember I was like mashallah this person you know like doesn't doesn't believe uh but wow like you know this is and I was thinking I was like yeah Allah show me like what like what, what like what, what is happening here right like yeah Allah just show me and I remember subhanAllah seeing you know seeing two things and you know and this is just, again, and this goes back to, you know, Allah showing you in a sense that, you know, Islam is such a beautiful region. It's a holistic religion. This is the thing, like, it's not just confined to a spiritual practice or something. It's everything. And so with this particular person, you know, you know, you know, because I grew up in a Muslim country, I'd never seen anyone, you know, consume alcohol really or, you know, to a stage that they pass out or they do something. And so this person in front of my eyes, I remember seeing, you know, get sick because they had you know drank so much and it was it wasn't like there was a party or something it was like a student something like in the evening and I remember being so shocked that why would you do this to yourself like why would anybody put themselves in a position like I felt it seemed to me very uh, you know undignified and the other thing and this is a kind of a funny story and this didn't happen to me but it happened to you know a, a Muslim friend who went to a cafe again with somebody who was social justice warrior you know all about the the people and then stole from the cafe right stole an actual like it was a croissant and 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 my friend was like oh my goodness how could how could you how could you take this croissant they're like no because these people are capitalists so it's okay right and my friend was like i'm gonna go pay for this croissant right and so and so and again obviously not everybody's like that we're not you know we're not you know generalizing but i think again this came when i asked allah yeah allah show me and so in a sense, Allah is like, look, Islam is holistic. Maybe not everybody's going to be the best all the time and they're not going to be so, you know, maybe even principled. But the fact is the way of life that I'm giving you, like this is the way of life. This is the perfect. It's for your own personal dignity. It's for societal, you know, harmony and respect and dignity. And you see that and you're just like, wow, okay, ya Allah, alhamdulillah. Like I, I understand now, I understand. And so it's that thing that you're saying, you know, Sheikh Abdullah, that you know, just say, Ya Allah, guide me, Ya Allah, show me. And I feel like every time I've said that, every single time, whether it's in the moment or sometimes 10 years later, Wallah, I mean, 10 years later, I'm just like, oh my God, this is, this is what, this is it. This is, this is what I was, you know, subhanAllah. So yeah, just, you know, Allah, you know, the guide, and Hadi doesn't turn anyone away. So definitely anybody listening, just open your heart to Allah and inshallah, Allah will show you. So, Dr. Janan, I think uh, there's a area that you had chosen, inshallah, that you wanted to share uh, mm -hmm. that meant something to you that you think can bring benefit to the audience, inshallah. Uh, yes, inshallah. So, I had a difficult time choosing. I remember actually discussing it with like a lot of different people. So, I I, I settled on on this ayah. It's in Surah Al-Insan. Uh, so, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says it's, it's ayah 22. So, uh, chapter 76 um, so Allah says um, um, and so you know Allah says um, you know and they will be told and so the preceding verses Allah is talking about the people of paradise the people of Jannah and um, and kind of what they have in Jannah and how they feel in Jannah 
and um, and then and then this verse comes and it says, and they will be told. So those people who are in Jannah, who are in you know in this eternal bliss, they are told all this is you know a reward for you. And then this part of the ayah, your striving has been appreciated or your efforts have been appreciated. And this ayah or this even you know this part of this ayah has always struck me because it just shows you know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you know if we go back to, to Allah's names you know you know one of his names is Ash-Shakur that he is the appreciative and so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying your efforts your efforts your striving the fact that you tried this 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 is this is what's being appreciated but how is it being appreciated it's being appreciated with Jannah with eternal bliss and so this subhanallah always struck me because it's almost like Allah saying just try like in this world and especially nowadays right it's all about your achievements or what you can show that your achievements are and sometimes it can feel discouraging you look at other people you're just like I could never be like this person who's done so many different things whether world or even spiritually right sometimes you're just like oh my goodness this person you know they grew up pious and I didn't this person they had a supportive family and I didn't and there's so many reasons why you might not be able to achieve something but you know with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you know it's it's about your say right it's about your striving and that's what Allah appreciates and sometimes and I think you know sometimes we stop ourselves from doing something good because we're just like I I don't think I can do it you know I can't do it um it's too hard there, there are too many obstacles uh but over here it's like Allah is saying that you know just try just just try you don't know and you know again you know the the beautiful hadith of Prophet where he says you know if you do something good, you know, Allah rewards you, again, just for this one good deed, you know, if the reward is times 10 or 700 times or even more than that. But then if we go back, if you intend something good and you can't do it, Allah gives you in accordance to, with, your, with your intention. And one of my, again, my other, you know, favorite hadith Prophet Sallallahu where he describes, you know, two people, he says one person, Allah gave them you know wealth and knowledge and so they spend their wealth you know uh in accordance with that knowledge because they know how to please allah so they do things with their wealth that are pleasing to allah because they have this knowledge and then there's this other person who has knowledge but no wealth and they say you know if only i had like that person you know i would do xyz and the prophet says you know for right so you know in reward they're the same they're exactly the same and i keep thinking you know, like we we do a disservice to ourselves when we don't even try, when we don't even start. Because you're just like, you know, I'm so bad at, you know, at Arabic. Uh, I'm really bad at memorizing. My mind is like a sieve, so I can't memorize the Quran. Um, I don't have time to seek knowledge. I don't have time to volunteer at the soup kitchen. I really, really want to, but I'm not even going to try because, you know, I, there's no way that this can happen. Um, I'm not going to try to work on this relationship, this, you know, uh, kind of tense relationship that I have with a family member because there's no point. They're just, you know, they're just, they're, they're not in this place, right? And it's just like Allah saying, just try, at least have the intention and then, you know, do what you can to, you know, act upon that intention. And whether you achieve what you wanted to or not, like, can you imagine, you know, on Yawm Al-Qiyamah, you know, inshallah, that you have suddenly this mountain of good deeds of a person who's memorized Quran and you're just like, wait, that's not my mountain. That cannot be my, I did not memorize Quran. I was not a half of the Quran, you know, but then it's just like, no, but you intended and you were sincere and you tried. And even though Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, he, you know, Allah, you know, took your life away before you were able to finish it. But Allah knows 
you are sincere. So you have the edge of a memorizer of the Quran. You have an edge of a person who tried to mend family relationships. You have the edge of you know uh, a person who w- was volunteering their time you know for you know for other people. You have the edge of a person who prayed qiyam all the time, even though you're a doctor and you're on call. But when you could, you did, right? And so it's like that sa'i, that's striving. You don't know how special it is to Allah. And for me, again, this again, this is like subhanAllah, like how Allah is so, so, so close to us that you know, people, even sometimes the closest people to you will not appreciate your strive. Like you're striving, like you know, your best isn't good enough, right? Sometimes for people, even though you're like, Wallah, I tried, I swear, like I really tried, it's like, well, that wasn't good enough, right? Um, whereas with Allah. You're like, yeah, Allah, I tried. And it really was your best. And for Allah, in a sense, that is good enough because you really are trying. You tried so hard. And so again, you you feel like this thing inside your heart that Alhamdulillah, Allah understands me. Like, Ya Rab, you know that I'm giving this my 100%. People on the outside, they can't see it. They think I'm being lazy. They think I don't care. But I do and I'm trying. And again, this is again, it's not just to be like, uh, you know, you know, not putting you know your effort in and just saying that I am like Allah knows obviously right but if you really are sincere like subhanallah Allah appreciates every tiny thing that you do every tiny thing that you do and I just I take so much comfort in that and in this ayah that like the people of Jannah they're not told that because you did X and you did Y it's you're striving this is what's appreciated. Like, so subhanAllah, so I feel like, you know, I, I don't think that I can, you know, reach a lot of other people, mashallah, spiritually. I see these people, I'm just like, mashallah, how did they do this? But I'm just like, you know, in the effort part, this is what I'm going to try. This is what I'm going to really put, you know, my effort into is, you know, the striving, inshallah. So this is, yeah, this, this ayah just gives me so much, so much comfort, so much comfort, subhanAllah. Very nice message, alhamdulillah. Yes. Can I ask one question before we go on to the the uh, what is it the, the, what did you call it, Sheikh Ibrahim? <laughs> rapid fire. Rapid fire. Yes, yes. Rapid fire. <laughs> You've probably well, two things. The first thing is, can you tell us the the name of your book, the name of your latest book that you were kind enough to send me, Mashallah? Uh, reflecting on the names of Allah. Reflecting on the names of Allah. Beautiful book, Mashallah. I had a time to, time to go through it actually because I teach a names and attributes class, which uh, I think I think it's very important for every imam, everyone, anyone, even to non-Muslims. Mm-hmm. Uh, teaching the names and attributes of God is one of the easiest ways and most impactful ways mm-hmm. to uh, tell people about the concept of God in Islam. Mm-hmm. I think it's so profound. And uh, Jazakallah khair for writing that book. Um, secondly, you probably been asked this numerous times, but I think the elephant's probably in the room. What is your, and I know this is a hard question. <laughs> Just give me one of them, I guess. What is your favorite name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? <laughs> you know, I, I, I've, I've been asked this question so many times. And I, I always, you know, but it's like, I always, it's always a different answer because subhanAllah, you know, when you look at Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it's like, it's holistic, right? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, you, you, you connect to him and you, you, you seek refuge in him and you turn to him uh, because of different attributes at different times in your life, you know, subhanAllah. Um, and so I would say maybe right now, um it's you know Rabb or Rabb al um and the reason is you know obviously like Rabb is like one of the 
the all-encompassing names, like it has many meanings. It's not just like a specific meaning. You know, so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, he is, I guess we translate it as, you know, the Lord, but he is, you know, he 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 sustains you, you know, he's he's the one who's in control. But also I love I love this part of and I think it's not maybe captured so much in the English when we say Lord, but it's this idea of tarbiyah that he's a murabbi, that he nurtures you. And you know, when you think of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala nurturing you, I feel like you know, just, you know, and, and again, you know, when you look at the Quran, it's like all of the, all of the, the MBA, they call upon Allah, you know, Rabbi, like my Rabb, you know, like your relationship with the one who's nurturing you and nurturing the universe is my Rabb, mine, right? Um, and so, you know, um, and it makes you look back um, on your life and you actually see the purpose. You're just like, wow, Allah was making me grow through this. Like the thing that I thought was bad, Um it was actually, subhanAllah, like, this was actually the best thing for me. And so, um, and, you know, when you feel, you know, distant from people, you know that you're never distant from Allah because he's your Rabbi, he's, he's Rabbi. Um, and, um, and, and, you know, I think, you know, subhanAllah, it just, for me, it just shows this, like, this intimacy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala taking care of you. And actually, I'll just mention a, you know, a short story related related to this. So I was actually supposed to be um, in the States. Uh, I was actually, I would have come back maybe a few days ago. And I had planned this trip. Uh, and I was very excited because, you know, uh, I, I was going to go to different states. And I was also going to go to Dallas. And, you know, the, I was going to, you know, see like Yaqeen premises. And like, there were so many different things that, that were planned. Um, and literally one hour before I was supposed to leave for my, for my flight, the trip got canceled. Um, and I was thinking, and I was thinking, subhanAllah, but you know, inshallah, khira, you know, always, you know, what, what Allah chooses and Allah's time over, you know, over our time and over, over what we want. And subhanAllah, in this time period that I was supposed to be in the States, um, something happened here that if I wasn't here, it wouldn't have happened. It just would not have happened. And I remember as it, you know, I had a meeting and I remember getting this email saying, you know, this thing that you had asked for, uh, you know, we can, we can give it to you. And if I hadn't been here, I wouldn't have known to ask. There were so many things that had happened. Then I just took a step back. I'm like, Allahu Akbar. Like, you know, I was sad that the trip didn't happen, but I was like, mm, I can't regret it because always what Allah chooses is best. Uh, and sometimes, again, sometimes you see it and Allah shows it to you immediately. You know, he's your Rabb and he's nurturing and he's taking care of you. And sometimes you need these spiritual boosts to see. You're just like, wow, I can. It's so obvious that this was much better for me. But sometimes you know, if there's a delay, you might not see that this thing is actually what's best for you, right? But when you know that Allah's a rub and you know that he's nurturing you, you know that he is subhanAllah in control of everything, it makes you like, you know what, Ya Rab, I, I, and this is, this is, the also goes back to, you know, talk to Allah, because when I can't see the wisdom, I take a step back, I'm like, Ya Allah, Ya Rab, I, I can't see the wisdom in this, this seems all bad, but I trust in you. Like, I, I know that there's going to be something that is good, whether in dunya and akhirah. And so, a rub for me, and like, rabbi, really, just like, rabbi, my rub, right? Um, it's really like, I feel like it just, um, it encapsulates this meaning. And that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, because he's nurturing you, it's always at the best way. And always when Allah shows you, it's at the right time. But always keep your heart open and don't be like, well, this happened. Therefore, just keep asking Allah and, you know, Allah's a rub, he'll take care of you. Like, you know, you, you don't need anyone else to take care of you if Allah's taking care of you. Really, subhanAllah. That's so true. Um, <clears throat> inshallah, let's... Uh... 
move on to the rapid fire stage if you're up for it, sister. Okay. I'm a bit scared uh, now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll go easy, inshallah. <laughs> Do you prefer uh, chocolate or vanilla? Chocolate. Okay. Uh, Shay or coffee? Oh, coffee. 100%. <laughs> Mountains or oceans? Oceans. Uh, what's your favorite city? But you can't say Mecca or Medina because then it's too obvious. Uh, favorite city. Um, so it's between two. One, because I've, I've, I go to it, I guess, a lot more. Uh, but another place that I felt kind of this at home. So, you know, Istanbul, for sure, as far as cities go, it's just it's such a you know, majestic kind of city and there's so much, there's so much soul, there's so much ruh in it. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's just so beautiful uh, and I love it. But also, I went a few years ago to Granada in Spain um, and even there, oh my goodness, subhanAllah, like it was it's so beautiful um, and there's a beautiful mosque at the top of a hill um, and I remember walking there every day. I was there for, for two weeks and it's so beautiful because it's overlooking Alhamra Palace um, and the mosque itself is so beautiful and Spanish in style, like Andalusian um, um, in style. And um, the, I would say, like, this, it's a close second. It's definitely a close second. It's such a such a beautiful city that you feel strangely spiritually at home, you know, even though, like, you know, it's not Istanbul, it's not like a Muslim country, but there's something there that you're just like, I feel comfortable here. SubhanAllah. Uh, okay, what's the most, I guess that's kind of... Uh... Same question. I was going to ask, what's the most beautiful place you've seen? But I think you kind of answered that. Uh, what language do you wish you knew? What, la ooh, what language do I wish I knew? Um, I think Spanish. Hmm. Spanish is, is a, yeah, I actually, I studied Spanish in school, but only for a year. Um, but yeah, I wish, I wish I had continued and kind of uh, tried to, try to get more fluent um, in it. So maybe that's something I'm going to put my effort in, inshallah, inshallah. <laughs> that seems like a common one. We've done this with a few people and they've said subhanallah. Spanish a few times. So subhanallah. <laughs> uh, iOS or Android? iOS. Hmm. <laughs> Uh, do you sleep on airplanes? Are you the kind of person yes. that can do that? Yes. I I actually use airplanes to sleep sometimes. So you know what? It's like <laughs> if I know it's a long flight, I'm just like I am going to sleep. I'll choose the night flight so I can just sleep throughout the whole thing. So so no, I'm 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 I specifically sleep on airplanes. Yes. <laughs> it's a it's a blessing. Alhamdulillah. 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 Uh, what superpower do you wish you had? Oh god, that's a good one. What superpower do I wish I had? Mm. Read people's mind, maybe. That, that's a, that's that's a good, maybe it's a good one for that one. Be like, okay, is this person you know actually? I, you know, they're actually are they you know are they are they hearing what I'm saying? Does it make sense to them or not? But maybe that that might be a good one. That's a good one. I like that. Uh, if you could choose to be an animal, which one would you would you choose? animal um a okay this is gonna sound very strange um i'm gonna say and i know it's gonna sound funny a pigeon but not any pigeon the pigeons that fly around uh the kaaba 
because there are so many pigeons, subhanAllah, and they are always there. And I keep thinking, these, I'm like, these birds, they're so lucky, and they're actually pigeons. I know it sounds funny, but I could just say birds, I guess, but, you know, they are, they're pigeons. And, you know, subhanAllah, they're always around the Kaaba, and they manage to, you know, to, to keep it clean, mashallah. So, yes, I envy them very, very much. So, I, those are the, those are the birds that I, that, that I want to be, if I would be an animal. Yes, them for sure. Oh, that's a good one. It's one of the better answers you've gotten. On that question. Okay, this, this is the portion where we take uh, questions from the chat. Uh, I don't see the too many questions. There's one nice one here, I think, that, an important one that maybe we can answer. Um, from Strafiza, she says, uh, what do you do when your kids don't want to follow the rules of Islam? Um so I guess I'll answer this from the perspective, inshallah, of a person, of a, of a, of a child who did not want to follow the rules of Islam. Um, uh, honestly, I would just say, like, you know, be patient, uh, you know, be kind and try to emphasize, um, you know, like their relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, because I think that's the foundation. Like when you love Allah, you want to follow the rules. Like, like I said, when I was young, I mean, even I'll say like, you know, like, uh, I don't know if I mentioned, but like when I saw hijab, I thought like, I never want to wear that. Like it was literally like, I was like, I'm never, there's no way that I'm going to wear hijab. And then at 13 years old, I was telling my mom, you know, I want to wear hijab. Right. And then I remember it was actually my family, like even though, you know, my mom, she wore hijab, she's religious. And she, and she was like, you know, if you want to think about it, you're, you know, you're quite young. This is like, it's a commitment, you know? And I was like, fine. And then at 14, I was like, I want to wear hijab. And I was like, think about it. You're still young. And then, you know, at 15, you know, my friend had come back from Hajj and she had worn hijab. And she said, you know, like I, you know, like, halas, like, what's the point if I do it now or later? I should just do it. And I, so I came home from school and I told my parents, I was like, I am, now I wear hijab now. And that's it. I'm not going to ask you it for, to have people, you know, like kind of, you know, uh, I, not so doubt, like not in a mean way, but kind of just be like, really just think about it. There's always going to be reasons not to do it. And so when your kids don't want to follow, you know, the, the rules of Islam, I say, just emphasize the relationship with Allah. Know that it's, it's a phase. They can be, you know, literally saying, I never want to do that. I will never pray. I will never wear hijab. I will never do this to loving it and falling in love with it, with it and wanting to do it just because of their relationship um, with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But definitely like, you know, definitely patience. Definitely don't, you know, tell them that they're bad kids because they don't, because that affects kind of your relationship with them. They'll be like, oh, my parents, they, they don't support me. So I think, you know, um, have that, you know, that patience with them and know that they can change. Like their children, subhanAllah, you know, in one or two years, they can be completely different people. Um, so inshallah, may Allah, you know, guide us all and, and, and all our kids, inshallah. I mean, I mean, and I would add to that, I mean, mm -hmm. just to to add something, you know, subhanAllah, in Surah Taha, Allah says, "Ma anzalna alayk al Quran litashqa." We didn't send down the Quran so that you are distressed, so that you're sad. Mm. And then, "Illa tathkiratan liman yaksha." This is only a reminder for those who fear Allah. And then, interestingly, it starts to transition into the names of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala: Rahmanu ala al Arsh istawa, lahu ma fi samawati wa ma fi al Ardu, ma bainahuma wa ma tahtathara. And it's interesting. And I remember one of my teachers mentioned about this. He said that. Allah is telling you he sent you the Qur'an and in the Qur'an there's all these rules, there's all these things you have to do and he's telling you, I didn't send it to make things difficult for you. Mm -hmm. And then he starts to tell you about himself. Yeah. And he mentioned to me a very interesting parable. He said, you know, if someone you don't know very well calls you and says, hey, um, can you do X, Y, and Z? You're going to be like, I don't really know. <laughs> he said, but if somebody you know very well calls you and they ask you to do something maybe outrageous, Meet me at 3 a.m. in the middle of downtown, and you're like, "Are you crazy?" <laughs> but he's your—he's someone you re you really know well, well, and you trust them. 
and you have a relationship with them, you're going to show up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and if that's the way we deal with human beings, how about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? If you know Allah mm-hmm. Azza and you have a relationship with them, then when he tells you, do this or do that, you're going to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he said, الأمر, uh, right? mm-hmm. If you know the one who's commanding, then the commandments be easier. Um, and so buy basically, buy Dr. Janan's book <laughs> and read it with your children and uh, <clears throat> let your children know who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is and develop a better mm-hmm. relationship with them if you want them to follow the rules of, of Islam. Uh, mm-hmm. See if there's another question here. Uh, from Sister Fatima, how does one continuously propel themselves to be of benefit to those around them in their community, even though they feel burnt out? How do you maintain balance? Hmm. Uh, Allah. So I think, you know, with this, uh, it's actually very, very, very important to kind of, you know, um, be able to take a step back. And sometimes maybe it feels that you can't because there's so many things that are happening in the community. Uh, but really, like, I would say the fuel, like, I, I would say the times that burnout didn't feel like burnout is when I've been, you know, kind of closest to Allah. And when I've been, f- you know, almost uh, far from Allah or farther from Allah, um, you know, where the ver- the burnout feels like uh, uh, more intense. And I think, you know, um, you have to, spend time with Allah, right? Because I think sometimes when you do community work, it's obviously, it's amazing and it's so important, but then we neglect ourselves and we neglect our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because you're always in the service of the community, um, which again, it's amazing and it's good and it's it's praiseworthy, but we can't re- neglect our own relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that, you know, you know, even talking about, you know, I don't know, you know, maybe you're tired with like waking up for tahajjud, you know, dedicating time, you know, before you go to sleep, even to, you know, we said this many times, you know, in the session, but, you know, talking to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when you feel burnt out, you know, you, you, you say like, yeah, Allah, I feel burnt out, like, help me, you know, please, you know, give me, give me the energy. Um, the other thing is, I think also have people um, around you who, uh, who can support you um, and who can remind you. Uh, sometimes it just takes that, you know, that when you have, you know, uh, one person or a group of people that you can, that, um, uh, that you can kind of basically lean back on, um, and that they can also like remind you, remind you through the Quran, remind you, you know, just by them, you know, being there for you, that you have this kind of the space, um, where you can breathe. Cause I think it's just, it's super important that when we see, you know, we see the Prophet Sallallahu uh, you know, I always think like subhanAllah, even though he did so much, but he was also very, very balanced, right? So the Prophet was obviously always with this community. He was teaching them, he was out there, he was in the trenches with them, right? But then we hear, we also see he was with his family. And you know, he he took, you know, he he saw, you know, he he sought solace with, with his wives, right? Uh, so he had this relationship and he had these friendships. And then also, you know, his relationship with Allah was the strongest. That like this is something that he loved, like he loved, you know, Shakura, like when Aisha anha asks him, like, why are you, you know, spending so long in prayer and your your feet are swollen? And he says, you know, should I not be a grateful for servant? It's something that he loved. So I think really you know, realizing that community work is crucial and it's so important to me. Allah reward everybody who does this community work. But remembering that like you're a human being, you need to, you know, prioritize definitely your, your own relationship with Allah and also people around you who are who are good for you and, and can remind you. Inshallah. And I'm sure, you know, uh, Sheikh Ibrahim and Sheikh Abdullah, I'm sure, you know, because you do a lot of work in the community, you might also be able to, to answer this much better than, than me. 
Well, and I think that's a beautiful, beautiful answer. Yeah, Do you have something to add? No, no, I mean, just kind of, you know, kind of piggyback and, you know, what she was mentioning is that, you know, having a person that you can talk to and vent and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, subhanAllah, uh, Sheikh Ibrahim, remember we had this session with, uh, with uh, Dr. Rania. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Talking about burnt out with Maristan. You know, they gave the session to the imams and, you know, some of the things that they were mentioning uh-huh. is that, um, you know, um, just kind of finding something that you like to do and making sure that, you know, you, you embark upon that. And just like you mentioned, ultimately just uh, detaching when need be uh, mm-hmm. and making sure that you have that, you take care of yourself um, and, and, and taking that as a, dare I say, even a, a priority at times to where, mm-hmm. because if you're not healthy, then you won't be able to perform in the best fashion. You won't be able to, i.e., worship Allah in the optimal sense, inshallah, to the best mm-hmm. of your ability. So, mm-hmm. inshallah. So this is a question we typically end on, but uh, one of our uh, members in the chat mentioned it. What is something you wish that you knew when you were younger? SubhanAllah. Uh, yeah, I thought about this one uh, a lot. And I could think, you know, two things. I think I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll mention one of them. And it's related to kind of also the the ayah that, that, that we spoke about. Um, but one thing, like when I was younger, for sure, um, is to say like just just start and then you know find a way to to finish right so when I say just start um, I think you know a lot of times like like I said like you know we don't start on something because you know you look at the road and the road looks like too long um, and uh, and it's just like it just seems like no like this is not for me this is somebody else's else's path it's not my path um, but really when you take that step towards Allah like you know like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala like he encourages us right like even if you take baby steps towards Allah right Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he comes to you so you take that one step you know Allah takes that bigger step towards you start to walk right Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala comes to you running um, and so I would say that you know come to myself because I know like personally even though like yes alhamdulillah like I felt I was like in love with Allah and so close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala there was still like a lot of things that I think um, I was holding myself back because of these like limiting beliefs that like uh, no I won't be able to do this and so I'm not even going to start and then when I started later on it's kind of it just flowed it's not that it was easy but it's kind of like okay but you know when you take that step halas, like your your destination becomes closer even if it's only one step closer you know but it does become closer uh, so I would say you know uh, that is a big one that you know just start and then find a way to finish because there's always a way to finish. There, there really is. Like sometimes I feel like uh, for myself, I can say, you know, I, I make excuses for myself. Like, ah, oh, this is, it, 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 I might not be able to, it's too hard. Um, you know, other people are going to say no, but it's like, but if you put in your mind that like, no, I want to finish this and I want to do this for Allah, especially if it's for Allah, you know, hundred percent if it's for Allah, right. That you say like, Ya Rab, I'm, you know, I'm going to find a way to get to this destination then Allah, again, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he's al-fattah, and you know, he, he, he's the one who opens, and he will open for you like doors that you didn't know existed, even though it might be hard, like some doors are going to be very hard to push through, they're heavy doors, but they're still doors that you didn't know existed, and that you can go through, and so I would say, I would say that, so if you're feeling that I can't do something, you know, there's no way that I can get to this, just start, like just, just start and tell yourself, I'm going to find a way to make this happen, and Allah will find you that way. Like really, this is something that I can say that I learned later, and I wish I knew. I wish I knew when I was when I was younger. Alhamdulillah, no, that's so true. That's so true, Subhanallah. Um, 
Sheikh, is there anything, you, uh, any other questions you want to ask before we wrap up? Uh, yeah, I think it kind of answers the question, which you just mentioned now. I said, what would you tell those young girls right now that are at the around that age of 12, you know, and they, and they may have these doubts, they may have this, because I mean, this is kind of the age around that time, like nine to, I guess, 15, roughly, uh, where the choice of hijab, the choice of wearing the hijab, the choice yeah. of believing in Allah, the choice of you know, doing these things um, is is bound to happen, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so I think you kind of mentioned it right there, you know, but what would you tell those young girls uh, at, at that time in their life? Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, yeah, subhanAllah. I think definitely it's kind of, it, it is a thing of like, you know, just start. Uh, but definitely I'd say like, you know, um, just start, but also know who Allah is and, 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 and talk to Allah. And there's always, honestly, there's always going to be a reason not to do something, right? There's always going to be that, right? Like when I was young, you know, like I said, you know, I, I, I have a lot of, so in my family, um, we're much more male heavy than female heavy. So one of the things that I was told with all of your cousins, you know, like, what about that? And it almost made you feel that like, if you're wearing hijab, like you can't interact. And I was like, I can still interact with my cousins. They're still my cousins, right? This is, I'm, I'm just going to cover my hair, right? But that's it. Um, but there's always a reason, right? There's always going to be, and shaitan will make that reason seem more important than it is, right? Mm -hmm. So there's always a reason, you know, um, not to do something. Um, uh, so sometimes I just say, like, just do it, just start, just start. Um, and I would say it to be, and also, yeah, so yeah, so I was just saying, yeah, definitely just, um, just start, ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help you. Even if you're struggling sometimes, you know, talk to somebody who can help you, you know, with those struggles. And it's okay to struggle. Everybody's going to struggle with different things at different times. Some people, it might be hijab. Some people, it might be their prayers. Some people, it might be, you know, um, uh, you know, being good to their families. Like everybody's going to struggle with something and there's always going to be a reason not to do it. But really, like once you overcome that, like you have so much strength and that strength comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that like you did that thing that was difficult. You don't know what awaits you, like what, you know, what doors Allah is going to open, what blessings Allah, you know, that are going to descend upon you really because you did the hard thing for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And sometimes that thing, that you thought was hard will be the easiest thing. Like, alhamdulillah, like I would say, you know, for, you know, for hijab, I've lived, you know, like abroad, you know, for, for, for so many years. And people always ask me, they say, you know, hijab is becoming this really controversial thing. Did you ever feel that, you know, you didn't want to wear hijab? And I can say, you know, subhanAllah, when I was young and everyone was telling me, think about it, you think about it, you might change your mind. But I did it. I was like, no, just do it. This is actually one of the things that I can say, alhamdulillah, again, this is from Allah and everybody struggles with different things. I struggle with different things. But this did not become the struggle. Like the hijab thing didn't just because it's like, I just started. And for that, I felt like, subhanAllah, Allah made it easy. And may Allah make it easy, obviously, for, for everybody. And like I said, I struggle with, with other things, you know, different things. And we're all going to struggle with something. But the point is that, you know, we say, you know, we just start. And we say, yeah, Allah, help me. And sometimes you might, you might fall along that path. Sometimes you might not do it in the best way possible. But the fact that you're just like, I'm still going to do it because Allah loves it. Like there is so much blessing in that. And that builds you, honestly, builds your character. Like you're going to see in your worldly life that you can do things you didn't know you could just because you took on this for the sake of Allah. MashaAllah. Dr. Janan, I think that was an awesome session. Um, and I think a lot of people, MashaAllah, have benefited so much from, from your words and just you know, sharing your story and sharing your path with everyone.
Uh, I know that it's going to make everyone feel, um, you know, stronger when they're walking their own path, inshallah. inshallah. So, for your time and for waking up in the middle of the night to be with us. We really appreciate it. Thank you guys. Thank you all for having me firstly, but also for, for waking me up at this time. This is a blessed time. Jazakumallah khairan. Inshallah, you, you'll get the edge of the du'as at this time, inshallah. Inshallah, some of those du'as will be for me. I mean, for me and Sheikh Ibrahim. Of course, of course. For, for all of you, inshallah. Ya Rab. Inshallah, inshallah. Jazakumallah khair. And reminder, everyone, we're here every Wednesday, same time, same place. We hope, inshallah, you'll join us next week as well. Um, to spend time with our, our guests next week, inshallah. I can't remember off the top of my head who's joining us, but inshallah, we have great we have great guests, alhamdulillah, every week. And so I hope that everyone will join us for them. Alhamdulillah. Thank you so much. Assalamu alaikum.